Hello and marhaba. Welcome to the Riyada podcast. So for the first joint episode between Riyada and the Straight Up Startup, my co-host Rajai and I had the pleasure of speaking with Fedat Tahir, a Jordanian entrepreneur and a leader of multiple startups in the MENA region, whose work is also focused on strengthening the capacity of women entrepreneurs and aspiring entrepreneurs in particular. Fedat reflected on watching her mom start a business how that has inspired her and the lessons she learned from what she describes as a journey that is not glamorous in fact entrepreneurship is not a linear process today fida and her team at amam ventures support smes particularly women led businesses across all sectors but also they particularly shed light on industries that are often excluded from discussions on startups in the mena region Our conversation with Fida really reinforced for me the importance of our new podcast Riyada, giving voice to all those in the entrepreneurship ecosystem in a region that is often highlighted for conflict and instability. They represent a beacon of hope. Tune in and submit questions you may have for Fida or on entrepreneurship in Mena to @wilsoncenter_mep. Welcome to our first episode of Ready to Launch, a MENA Entrepreneurship Podcast, a joint series between Riyada and the Straight Up Startup. I'm Marissa Khurma, your co-host for today. I'd like to welcome my co-host Rajai, who will tell us a little bit more about our first guest, Fidat Tahir. Rajai. Hello, Marissa, and hello, everyone. Fida is a serial entrepreneur and an investor. She founded many startups, including Zaytuna and Atbaqi. Given her experience and background, she kept the spirit of supporting women entrepreneurs in Jordan and the region, where she founded Women in Business, a professional network with over 38,000 members to empower, inspire, and connect women in Jordan and the Arab world. In addition, she co-founded Amam Ventures, a gender lens investment fund. that caters to businesses that are committed to diversity and inclusion. Welcome, Fida. Hi, Marissa. Hi, Rajai. Thank you for having me. By the way, we're approaching uh, 50,000 members in women in business now. That's nice. That's, Congratulations. That's very exciting, uh, Fida. So as Rajai mentioned, you have been in the private sector. You're a serial entrepreneur. Um, I'm really curious, why did you decide to become an entrepreneur in the first place in a region where, as we all know, the government or the, the, you know, the public sector remains to be the largest employer? So tell us a little bit more about your entrepreneurial journey. Uh, I think my journey started with uh, my experience, my personal experience with entrepreneurship started with my mom. She started her uh, catering business when she was about 40 years old. So I was, you know, I was in high school. I remember that her good days were really good and the bad days were nightmares. Um, it was a roller coaster. So I think that watching my mom go through that actually gave me an insight of what entre- entrepreneurship really means, that it's not glamorous. Uh, so I think when I decided to actually, you know, uh, tap into that space and, you know, and, and start my, my first business. 
I sort of had the expectations of, you know, things could, could get sour. Uh, but my journey with entrepreneurship, I think it started with, I mean, as an employee, uh, I was, I feel like I was always an entrepreneur. I always worked on whatever I had as if it was my very uh, own thing. But the first company that I started was Zaytune. And it was, uh, it's a funny story there, actually. Zaytune is a platform that teaches people how to cook using short videos. And um, I did not study business uh, in university and I don't know how to cook. So I remember um, my family laughed actually the first time I told them <laughs> what I was going to uh, go ahead and start because they were like, so you know nothing about business and you know nothing about food. And this is what you picked for your first startup. So, yeah, I guess this is. Uh, That's how it starts for a lot of entrepreneurs as well. Right, Rajai? Yes, 100%. So um, we want to talk a little bit more about um, women in business, particularly because, as you mentioned, I mean, your mother started her business when she was in her 40s. Um, the average age of an, an entrepreneur, a successful entrepreneur, actually, in the United States is about between 45 to 47. So that's just about right. A lot of people think that you need to start your business when you're 18 and 20 because we've seen a few unicorns, but that's certainly not the case. Um, but um, but basically, in the MENA region, um, and, and Jordan, unfortunately, is, is you know, um, has one of the lowest rates of entrepreneurship worldwide in MENA, it stands at about 4%. Um, and women face a lot of barriers to enter and remain in the uh, workforce that's, that are very unique to their gender. So what are your thoughts about how we can get more women uh, to follow your examples? Uh, before we get to that, Marissa, I'd like to add actually a couple of more statistics to, to what you just mentioned. So Please Jordan, do. yeah, so Jordan is actually the lowest country in the world for a country that's not at war when it comes to women's economic participation. And this is very frustrating because women uh, make over 50% of the university graduates every year. The other statistic is that the average age in Jordan for women to leave the workforce is 26, which is around the time that uh, a woman has her first child. And most of those women actually, you know, never return to, the, to work. Um, and I think it's, it all starts here because in order for uh, women to start companies and to become entrepreneurs, they need to have that experience. You just mentioned the average age in the States for a successful entrepreneur is 40 years old. And before that, they're actually working in companies. They're learning. So I think that if you really want to look at the problem, you need to look at the, you know, the, uh, the picture as a, as a whole. Um, some of the barriers, of course, are the lack of transportation, uh, daycare situation, lack of daycares, definitely certain cultural barriers. There's a pay gap, there's a funding gap, lack of women on boards and in decision-making um, places, uh, relevant role models. I think that, um, you know, we've tried to work on, on uh, I'm not going to say on moving the needle on, on some of those issues. So for example, we worked on democratizing knowledge 
uh, as we've been publishing monthly virtual workshops and speaker series to enable everyone, but especially women, to have access to knowledge and capacity building, uh, somehow overcoming the challenge of transportation and, and social barriers. And then um, through 2020, we ran a campaign that featured 365 inspiring Arab women, one woman every day, you know, women from different walks of lives. And this campaign had more than 40 million uh, impressions on, on social media. And we were receiving thousands of really heartwarming messages from people who were saying that this really impacted uh, their, their lives. Um, obviously, you know, what we're, do, we're trying to do with Amman Ventures, we provide risk capital to local SMEs that are committed to diversity and inclusion. And those are actually not your typical tech companies. Those are SMEs who have been there and, 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 uh, and they're trying to actually you know, uh, sustain and, and impact. And uh, we provide capacity building um, along with, with financing, of course, to around ATSMEs. So, I mean, we all, we have, we're trying to do our part. And I think that everyone needs to do something in order for Jordan to be able to move the needle on, on that uh, challenge in particular. So before Rajai steps in and asks you the next um, question about Jordan, actually, um, you keep saying we. And I want you to know, I want you to tell us who is, who are the we? Yeah, uh, we, uh, Amam Ventures and Women in Business Arabia. So Amam Ventures, as uh, Rajai mentioned, is an impact fund that invests in SMEs across different sectors. And Women in Business Arabia is a... Um, as a um, social network, basically, that has approximately 50,000 women. It's uh, led um, by the voices of the members. So whatever the members feel uh, they need and feel that they want, we try to um, design uh, capacity building programs to be able to meet their needs. That's fantastic. Rajai? Good. Yeah, I just have a quick question, uh, uh, like um, a follow-up on, on what Fida has said. Um, I just want to ask Fida, like, uh, how do you find the, uh, like the synergies between um, uh, women in business and Amam Ventures? I would like to know more about that, since they, they, they have a shared vision of supporting women in Jordan and the region. Yeah. So uh, in Women in Business Arabia, we're serving women in the workforce in general. There are employees, some of them are retired, some of them are starting businesses and so on. Amman Ventures caters to SMEs, caters to businesses that have been uh, operational for at, at least two years, businesses that have identified an expansion opportunity and need customized um, assistance as well as capital to be able to pursue that opportunity. Uh, so Women in Business Arabia is a natural pipeline for not only for Amman Ventures, but for other funds as well, for, for banks, for different programs. And uh, yeah, I think I hope I, I answered your question. No, you most certainly did. And um, I'm going to take it from there. I want to zoom in into the ecosystem in Jordan. So as we can see, the government and the private sector has taken the essential steps to encourage and support entrepreneurs uh, uh, locally. As an example of that, uh, uh, the Ministry of, uh, of IT, the Information Technology, has now become uh, a ministry that is focused on both digital economy and entrepreneurship. And we can see uh, some of these steps have, have already paid off. Uh, for example, in 2019, uh, the World Economic Forum has identified uh, 100 leading entrepreneurs in the Middle East 
and 27 of them were uh, Jordanian or from Jordan. So uh, it, is, it is actually vastly uh, disproportionate to the population of the Middle East, but you know, the, uh, like many challenges remain. And here I want to hop onto my question, Fida. Uh, like, what do you think is the number one challenge in the in the ecosystem in Jordan? And uh, like personally, how would you feel? Uh, like, would would like solve the question? Or, how, or like, how would you address it? All right, I think that challenge is within the question that you just asked me because. Uh, when we talk about entrepreneurship, we're boxing it and we're limiting it and we're labeling it. It's, uh, it feels like it's uh, we're only talking about tech entrepreneurs. Um, and we sort of label everything else outside technology as mediocre. While we have a lot of success stories in manufacturing, for example. I mean, there are many exits that happened in the manufacturing um, space during the past few years. And yet they don't make it to the news and they're not, you know, um, cool enough for the media to pick up on them. Uh, and I think that this is our main problem. It's the narrative. Uh, we definitely, Jordan has created um, a great narrative when it comes to the IT sector. Uh, but I think that we, if we can find a way to actually uh, create a similar narrative to other sectors, because Jordan can and is doing well across different sectors and not just only IT. And that's precisely why we wanted to talk to you, Fida, because we want to highlight these stories um, and we want to be able to hear from entrepreneurs like yourself about what else people like us, um, you know, in the think tank world or people like Rajai, who started this pod, his own podcast to also educate youth about entrepreneurship in general. Um, so we really appreciate you taking the time to do this. Um, just a quick follow up to Rajai's question. Um, if you had a magic wand to sort of, um, sort of unlock the potential in Jordan um, in entrepreneurship, what 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 would the one thing that you know what would you change or what would you do uh marissa if i had a magic wand i won't just change one thing actually so i will change four things let's see so um massively shrink the size of the public sector this is one uh completely change the educational system give equal rights to women. And if I were to add something, I would actually make sure that we have the right national strategy and that we are able to execute on it. Uh, I know you said one, but if it's a magic one, then I guess I can, uh, you know. That is totally, that is totally fair. Um, and you're already, you're already part of the solution with the networks that you're building uh, with other women to address this issue. So um, thank you for all the work that you're doing um, and for giving us a snapshot of um, both the challenges, but what, you know, what it looks like to actually move ahead and keep going. Um, Rajai. Definitely, um, yeah. And, and of course, I mean, if, if you have, like, if we all have magic ones, we can just wish forever. <laughs> so yeah, uh, 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 like this leads me to the ending. Uh, like, uh, before we end our episodes, I want to ask you, um, before you launch Words of Wisdom, so what do you advise entrepreneurs, youth, uh, women out there, uh, what would you like to tell them before they launch? 
maybe ju- not just before they launch. It's uh, I mean, this is something, a golden rule that I uh, live by. I use the Eisenhower matrix. It's the, uh, you know, the urgent, important. I feel like we all have a lot of energy and we do have time, but it's all about understanding your priorities and uh, spending your time doing the right thing. Uh, so just look up the Eisenhower matrix and make sure that you apply it to your work, life, everything. There's nothing. <laughs> I think Marissa agrees with me. There is no, there's nothing called a work-life balance, but at least this is the closest thing that, uh, that we may, that we may come to. Yeah, absolutely. I, I hear you completely. Um, and we hope to have more conversations on the, the so-called work-life balance, not just for entrepreneurs, but particularly for um, working mothers, um, such as yourself and myself, um, and for youth, uh, budding entrepreneurs like Rajai himself, who, who is an entrepreneur by starting this, you know, this straight-up startup. Thank you so much, Fida, for your time today. An amazing words of wisdom and actually like um, highlighting such tools will will like enable uh, youth to better understand how to like prioritize work and move forward with it in a, in a, in a better way. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. That was a fun chat. This podcast is funded by a grant from the United States Department of State. The opinions, findings, and conclusions of this podcast are those of our guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the U.S. Department of State.